chapter eighteen of geographical reader europe by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b chapter eighteen when the sun shines at midnight the scandinavian peninsula is often called the land of the midnight sun because its northern part lies within the arctic circle so far north that in the summer the daylight lasts for months when the sun can be seen the whole twenty-four hours and in the winter there is continuous darkness for months this is true of only the northern part of the scandinavian peninsula although the whole of it is so far north that the summer days are much longer and the winter days much shorter than ours we shall notice this as we go onward from place to place through it even as far south as christiania and stockholm one can read after ten o'clock at night in summer out of doors and when we go to bed we shall hang our travelling rugs over the windows to darken the room so we can sleep we begin our explorations by a trip to the land of long days and long nights for we wish to see for ourselves how the sun looks at midnight the journey will give us some idea of norway and of the general character of the scandinavian peninsula scandinavia is the largest peninsula of europe it is a vast body of land more than four times as big as new england rising abruptly out of the atlantic ocean and sloping somewhat toward the east and south to the gulf of bothnia and the baltic sea the land is rugged and mountainous in the north there are snow-clad peaks and enormous glaciers farther south the mountains uphold high wooded plains with many gorges or canyons running through them some of the mountains are steep and countless streams dash down their sides the peninsula has also numerous lakes many of them joined by canals in norway alone there are three thousand while in sweden the lakes cover almost one-tenth of the country norway is much more rainy than sweden the winds from the ocean precipitate most of their moisture as they strike the mountains and when they descend the opposite slopes to the baltic they are comparatively dry along the atlantic ocean there is a mountain wall with many great breaks or chasms in it some of these chasms extend a hundred miles into the land forming ocean avenues as it were by which the ships can stream far into the interior these narrow arms of the sea are called fjords they are of great value in commerce and trade and the people have built nearly all their towns and villages upon them they give norway and sweden a coastline so long that if it could be stretched out it would reach more than halfway round the world but we shall see this better as we go in our steamer along the shore to the north cape we make the trip leisurely stopping now and then for a journey into the interior by the fjords now we have entered one of these great breaks in the mountain wall we are sailing up a mighty ravine right into the heart of the country the walls of trees moss and bushes rise above us so high that we seem to be roofed with the blue sky lean over the side of the boat and look down how clear the water is it is a hundred feet deep yet we can see bottom and as the vessel slows up we observe the fishes swimming about far below us now we have gone farther inland we have lost sight of the ocean through a turn in the fjord and we seem to be travelling through a mountain-walled canyon hear that noise which comes from the front ask the pilot to guide the boat more to the left the noise is made by the great volume of water dashing down into the fjord from the cliff on the right 
that is a mountain stream which is taking its last plunge on its way to the sea now we are almost under it does it not look like a torrent falling out of the sky now we have gone past the sun is shining through the spray turning it into myriads of diamonds and painting rainbows high above the surface of the fjord as we go still farther inland the height of the walls decreases we find little towns and villages along the banks and now and then a small city the houses are like great wooden boxes on foundations of stone the walls are painted red white gray or yellow and the buildings look very pretty against the background of green now we are back again in the ocean and on our way to the north how smooth the sea is this is because of the islands which everywhere line the coast of norway they form a breakwater against the storms and give the sailors a quiet ocean channel from one end of their country to the other is it any wonder that with these fjords this great sea coast and this easy sailing coast channel the norwegians should have many seamen they as well as their brothers of sweden have an enormous number of ships they do much trading and fishing and you may find their merchant vessels in all parts of the world we stay for a day at trondhjem on a great fjord and are surprised to find away up here at the north a city of about fifty thousand with wide streets good pavements and fine buildings it has also shipbuilding yards lumber mills and fish-packing houses we visit the cathedral one of the oldest in europe and the one in which the norwegian kings are crowned it is built of blue-colored slate and some parts of it are beautifully carved trondhjem is the third city of norway and it is an important seaport and railroad town it is connected with christiania by a railroad three hundred and fifty miles long it has also much shipping and its harbor is open all the year round although it is several hundred miles farther north than northern labrador it is nearer the north pole than the mouth of the yukon river in alaska and it is on about the same parallel of latitude as southern iceland all of these countries are frozen up during the winter and most of them have six to eight months of ice why is it that trondhjem does not freeze too it is on account of the prevailing westerly winds which are kept warm by the drift from the gulf stream the warm gulf stream having flowed along our atlantic coast supplies to the northern atlantic a vast amount of warm water which is drifted across the ocean by the westerly winds and keeps them warm these winds give the british isles a temperate climate and then flood the coast of norway with a bath of warm air the drift water is so warm that all the harbors along the west coast of norway are free from ice during the winter while the harbors of the baltic sea and the gulf of bothnia are frozen the greater part of norway would be uninhabitable were it not for the water-warmed westerly wind the people owe their food their commerce their very lives to it were it not for its heat the fjords would be blocked with ice and the coast be as cold and barren and desolate as labrador a part of sweden is colder in winter than norway although both countries are covered with snow for months at a time the people go about upon sleds and skates and they travel from one place to another upon long snowshoes or skis they have tobogganing parties and enjoy themselves coasting down the steep hills leaving trondhjem we sail northward inside the islands by snow-clad mountains upon the sides of which great glaciers hang 
we cross the arctic circle and then stay for a day at tromso to have a look at a village of laplanders not far away some of the laps live in tents made of skin stretched upon poles with a hole in the top for the smoke to go out others have huts of stone and earth but everything is of the rudest description the people gather round us as we walk through their little town offering to pose for our cameras how dirty they are and how small they look like dwarfs the men are about five feet tall and the women about six inches shorter they are dressed in reindeer skins with the fur on the inside they belong to the yellow race and their complexions are almost as yellow as their leather clothing their skins having been darkened by the smoke which fills their tents the greater part of the time the little laps look and dress just like their parents all have high cheekbones flat noses and large mouths their eyes are small and black and often twinkling with laughter they seem good-natured and for a few coppers will allow themselves to be photographed as often as we wish we see but few reindeer about tromso they are to be found farther back in the country where nearly every lap has his own herd and where the people live largely upon reindeer meat and reindeer milk they milk the reindeer just as we milk our cows but they can keep milk better than we can with all our ice chests and spring houses for it is so cold in the winter where the laps live that they freeze the milk into hard blocks after which it will keep for months and they can use it as they need it many of the laplanders are nomads that is they have no settled habitation it takes quite a large space to support a reindeer for the vegetation is scanty in these northern latitudes and the people drive the deer from place to place to find pasture in travelling many of them use reindeer sledges upon which their tents and other things are carried the reindeer can travel very fast and they take the place of horses in all the lands along the arctic coast of europe from tromso we steam on to hammerfest to get a look at the northernmost town of the world before going to the cape it is early morning when we cast anchor in the harbor but we are now so far north that it is light throughout the whole night we are far beyond the latitude of iceland beyond that of cape brewster in greenland farther north in the gold diggings of the klondike in alaska and in seas which were it not for the gulf stream would be filled with ice almost all the year round hammerfest is a thriving city it contains about three thousand people who dwell in hundreds of wooden one and two-story houses on the edge of the sea it has a telegraph station and weekly newspapers we eat our dinner at a good hotel and find that the people live well here at the northern extremity of the world they have very long winters but in the summer for months the sun shines all day and almost all night as well the plants then grow very rapidly and vegetables mature in much less time than with us now we are again on our way to the north we have left hammerfest and in seven hours shall be at the north cape the northern extremity of Majero island and at the northernmost point of europe we have been within the arctic circle for days and are now sailing through the arctic ocean the water is clear and of a beautiful blue it is not very cold for we are still floating upon the warm drift of the gulf stream although we now and then see an iceberg and we are always in sight of the glaciers on the mountains of norway how fresh the air is and how pure the winds blow continually 
so that we almost have to fight our way from the stern of the boat to the prow now we are steaming amongst islands with birds in great flocks soaring about in the air over our heads there are scores of seagulls following the steamer and hundreds of black and white eider ducks flying over the islands the ducks are of value for their feathers which are so soft and light that they make excellent wadding for quilts they are also used for trimming cloaks and for collars muffs wraps and other such things the ducks build nests of twigs and rushes and line them with soft feathers which they pluck from their own breasts our captain tells us the ducks are protected by law as many people make their living by gathering the feathers the hunters when they find a nest are careful not to destroy it they merely take out the feather lining after which the ducks will line them once again when they have been twice robbed they will slip off and build a nest somewhere else as we go on among the islands we pass many rocks half submerged by the sea see that one away over there at the right it apparently has a geyser upon it for it is spouting water high into the air see it is moving take your field glass and look again that is not an island at all it is a whale there are many whales in these waters and many ships are engaged in catching them for their oil and whalebone there the great whale has dived and we see him no more we sail on and on until at last rounding a great bleak point of rocks we enter the harbor of the north cape and drop our anchor in a little bay surrounded by mountains on some of which snow can be seen we take out our lines and amuse ourselves fishing while we wait for the hour when we are to see the sun shining at midnight how slowly the time goes and how strange is this turning of night into day the sun was already high in the heavens at about three o'clock this morning when we came into hammerfest and when we think of all we have seen since then the day seems a week long and it is hours yet till midnight we look again and again at our watches observing that the sun still stands high above the horizon it is well up at ten thirty p m when we leave the ship for the shore we have decided to climb the bluff which overhangs the harbor for our midnight view of the king of the heavens the captain warns us that we must hurry back for he wishes to leave as soon as we return he gives us a boat and we row to the land and walk along a rugged path through the rocks to the foot of the bluff the way from here is so steep that we are glad to use the thick rope which has been passed through iron rings fastened by staples into the rock in order that travelers may help themselves up by it the bluff is nine hundred feet high but step by step we climb up its bleak sides to the top and take our stand beside the brown stone monument which was erected here when oscar the second king of sweden visited the cape about a generation ago we stop a moment trying to realize where we are as we look at the glorious scenes all about us we are about as far north as man ever gets if we accept the few arctic explorers who have risked their lives in trying to find the north pole we are at the northern edge of europe and are looking out upon the great polar world to the north of us are the regions of icebergs eskimos and polar bears to our right and to our left seas unsailed except by whaling and sealing ships extend on and on a vast watery waste dotted here and there by icy islands where jack frost reigns supreme and still it is wonderfully beautiful we are gazing over the great arctic ocean 
which is rolling about under a glorious sun it looks not unlike the atlantic as we have seen it from the rocks of our new england coast when the sun was still several hours from its setting the scene is so fine that we almost forget the time until we notice some rockets shooting up from the ship far below us that is the signal from the captain for us to hurry as he wishes to sail we look at our watches and lo it is midnight the sun is as far down as it will go during this twenty-four hours and as near the horizon as it will get for months to come we stand on the bluff and wave our american flags in honor of the occasion while we sing hail columbia away up here on the mountain we go to the edge of the bluff and throw stones down into the ocean and as we look out over it we feel that if we had not a large part of europe yet to explore we might easily take a boat and steam on to the pole we wait for a few moments in order to say that we have seen the sunrise although in this latitude there is little difference between its rising and setting and then we say farewell and make our way down the bluff to our boat we eat our breakfast on board about two o'clock in the morning the cook has fried the fresh cod that we caught when we first came into the harbor and to us hungry from our climb up the hill they seem sweeter than any fish ever eaten before an hour later we are again in our cabins which we have darkened by hanging our coats over the portholes ready to take our first sleep after our long working day of more than twenty-four hours end of chapter eighteen